coming to you from the internet, it's Comet Picks by the Glicks. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, John. How about yourself? Um, still getting over the internet's thing I just said. So, <laughs> yeah, you should be ashamed if you're. Yes, not. I should be. You know. Um. So, uh, hey, uh, what else is new? Uh, well, it's like I'm preparing for preparing for Black Friday. It's like in the holiday weekend, especially with all the video game stuff. But you know, hey, it's happens so that happens to be so that we've got a we got a podcast for this weekend. It's going to be about comics instead of just you know video games and all. Yes, so true, so true. Yeah. So so this week's subject is a series called Ikigami from like from Viz's from Viz's signature line up their line for for seinen manga. And I would not be talking about it this week if it was not for a buddy of mine who actually went and got me restarted on this series on the series. Um, just want to see. Just welcome to my good good buddy, uh, Michael Stratton. Hello. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? Doing all right. Great. Good. Cool. Sounds like you're going to have some interesting comments for us this time. I hope so. Uh-huh. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, because let me let me give you a bit of background here. Because this is a series that um, I picked up picked up the first two volumes like years ago, and then um, see, and then so that it was I thought it was all right, but then but not necessarily something I was particularly compelled about to pick up um, like immediately after buying those. So I just put it on my Amazon wish list, and there it sat for years. And years, and years, and um, then um, around, see, then like earlier this year, for around birthday time, um, Michael um, got me the next four volumes, like right out of the blue, right there. What a great guy, <laughs> Michael. And well, how did you enjoy the the, uh, the the rest of the series? Okay, well. It's like, well, we're talking about it right now. So, so if nothing else, um, I would like to thank you for at least giving me great fodder for this next for this current podcast right now. <laughs> You're welcome. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I have material. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, the last let's see, the last time I, you know, the last time I did, I I invited a buddy of mine to talk about the series. It was Steve when we talked about um, Future Diary, and um, I started this off by. Um, Asking Steve if we were still friends, based on the fact that um, that that series was uh, was not objectively good, it was entertaining, but um, it was but it was also consistent. But it was also objectively terrible. But it was terrible in, in new and interesting ways. Um, Ikigami is a different is a is a much different um, beast than that. So let me talk talk about talk about the. Uh, the basic setup for this series, and it takes now. The series is kind of coy in the fat in the in its um setting, in its setting in time, but it's basically because it's basically they're talking about they, it takes place in a country, um, in, in the present day where the uh, it's like where in order to um promote national welfare and the value of life and to make and to make citizens appreciate you know what they have, they into the um society in Ikigami um has. Has this um, program called National Welfare, where they, um, where when kids are inoculated um, at an early age, they're also given, like one in one thousand is injected with a with the um, nan- with a capsule that will kill them once they reach once they reach their twenties or so. And the whole that's the whole point of this to make them appreciate what they have, to spur them on into making great, greater and bigger and greater things, knowing that they will they may die, you know, just before a certain time. I get, I get that right, Michael. 
Yeah, that's about right. It, it, I believe it starts at 18 and um, it's early 20s when the cutoff is. So sometime in the in the in their very early, uh, right after high school, essentially for U.S. teen uh, children. Yeah, exactly. And see, and the thing, and um, so so the series basically basically tracks the um the exploits of one see of one of the one of the delivery men who delivers the the ikigami or the death notices to the uh, like to to the particular individuals, and it essentially. And like we're and we're just basically showing you know, how how do these people respond to their like to their fates you know because like you know if you hey if you're a good person if you're if you're a good little citizen and you um take take your death in stride your family, family get a national bereavement pension and you will get to and you will be classified as a as a um, national welfare hero now then there are those who basically view, who will die who basically view their um like their imminent death as a um, license to go and um you know take take revenge against those who have done them wrong um and they, and you know they're kind of like seeing their 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 families are denied their bereavement pension they're forced to pay restitution to those those who have been wronged by the uh, see by the person who served the ikigami and usually like they're ostracized because you know that's how Japan rolls now that's the thing and they pay a fine yes <laughs> yeah so i mean it's just, it's all sorts of bad bad things right right there now it's an it's a it's, it's certainly a compelling setup for a, for a series, but um, but the manga Motoro Masse, well, uh, it, there are certain there are certain issues with with the execution. Um, first and foremost is the, and I'll I'll just get this right out, right out right right now. And that's that's the fact that it, it beggars belief why a um why these people why people why national why a country would. Um, submit themselves something like this to the um to the to the um to this to the random killing of of random citizens. It's like without like you know like just like you know without capitulation. I mean like okay yeah there were it was mentioned yeah that there that there were some the protests earlier but you know just like the the random taking of human life just seems like something that you know no one would be able to stomach. If one of the things that seems to that I wish the author would do more of is there seems to be <clears throat> three lines of of uh, plot in the comic. First is the obvious, which is the individual deliveries of the Ikigami that the main character does. And the second line is his changing attitudes, both for and against the national welfare that go in and out. And then there's this sort of, we get little glimpses of backstory. And in part of the backstory, it says that uh, it gives two reasons. One, the uh, it was part of a treaty out of some war, which I believe is in uh, volume four. Um, uh Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about the page numbers right there, but I mean, what but they're... Page 33. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but at any rate, um, that, that, it came out of, that it came out of a war, and the, the second little clue that it gives, and, th- and this is something that I wish the author would provide more information on, but uh, that it was backed up by a secret police that switched over from a hated part of the old regime, pre-war, 
to the National Welfare uh, Division or Department post-war. And so you have secret police um, killing off because uh, they either reform them, as is seen with the psychologist, or they deposit them with a pill, which is mentioned time and time again through the series, but never actually shown, I don't think. At least I don't remember seeing it. Indeed. And a lot of the stuff is is very analogous to, um, you know, Yes, the series, the, the country itself is never named, but it's like, you know, it's obviously Japan. And, um, they're, and while they're talking about, oh, like, there's our, there's our, um, f- there's our, um, national ally, and it's obviously the U.S., and this con, this, this treaty from years ago they're talking about is obviously the end of World War II. I mean, even the time frame they give is, they give is right. And, like, you know, like, the fact that, like, you know, the secret police would, you know, uh, migrate into the new, into the new government, it's not, it's really not inconceivable. Um, set up right there, but at the same time, though, it's like, like I said, it's the um, like Amase, the mangaka, doesn't really offer a whole lot of you know, explanations to, or um, explanations to like you know why the the citizenship was just roll, would roll over on on this, you know, but and so so that's 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 kind of like, something that kind of that really does stick in your craw, like through throughout like throughout the series, and that's and what's not helped is by the other main issue in this series. That's because that's the um, the issues the um, the stories of the people who receive the ikigami themselves, mainly because um, Mase um, really likes to use these things as kind of a um, issue of the week um, type type thing. I mean, you've got, I mean, I mean, yeah, we, the the, um, the initial story starts off with a guy who was bullied uh, as a high school kid, and once he gets his ikigami, he realizes, okay, no, I'm going to make those people. I'm gonna make those people like you know suffer like I did, and he does. But he then he realizes that you know vengeance isn't as fulfilling as he wanted to. But he gets kind of like a uh, he reaches kind of like a personal like you know equilibrium when he talk when he uh, talks to this one kid who who was bullied and urges him to just you know stand up for himself, um, you know against his bullies now or also wind up like him later. But also in the same in the same volume we get the uh, we get like a story about the merits of. Um, selling out versus remaining true to yourself in music, and it's that's that's really kind of just just a little bit ridiculous. I mean, okay, going on. I mean, like, let's see, because going on from there, we've got also ones where you got the uh, the politician that the uh, female politician who neglects like who neglects her son. He gets an ikigami. He realizes, oh, I'm going to use this like finally like. By like showing my mom what I really think of her after all these years. There's also the uh, the street racer whose wife gets an ikigami, and uh, he re- and he's never been able to um, you know like mature as an adult, and so she realizes, oh my son, my husband's never going to mature as an adult, so I'm going to take have my um, daughter sent off to another let's see to another country in order sh- so that she won't be able to get um, get get inoculized, um, and like you know they just just keep getting more and more ridiculous up until the like the most recent volume where you get this one guy who was fighting in World War II and um he and uh, and the um cycle of karma and um and retribution that you know like hey cuz cuz oh god I, Michael you have to keep me straight on this but okay cuz this guy he was during World War II he was actually um about to, f- to kill a like a prisoner of war, but he couldn't do it because he just stopped right at the very end and pissed his pants. Then the other guy behind him, um, like, was able to do it. But then he was, um, like, hanged as a war criminal for the right. act. Yeah, later, for, um, after the war. But then their kids, 
like the guy who pissed his pants, you know, his like his son winds up moving up one space in line after the guy whose parent whose grandfather was killed wets his pants in line. And so it turns out the guy who the kid who who didn't wet his pants and moved up in line, he gets the um the, the nanocapsule that kills him and it's like, oh, it's this horrible cycle of um of vengeance and karma and it's like, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, so my, so so Michael, I mean, like, what what what's your take on all this right here? It's like, is like, am I just being too harsh on this, or I, I think, uh, I, I think part of the problem is is he's not developing the background story enough. He's he's not doing what was done in in Uku, where they I think it was the second volume and third volume where they tell the entire backstory. They hook you with the first volume of. Wow, this is a really engaging um, story about uh, what would happen if if all the men died in medieval Japan, and then they tell you how they got that way. Ikigami has been feeding it out by little spoonfuls that are very vague and just give you little pieces of it, and it, it kind of let. The, your criticism is kind of right on because he's not dishing out enough of the uh, morsels about what how it came to be this way. We've yeah. just gotten a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean right there. Of course, part, I think that part of the reason that um, that he hasn't um, gone gone into like you know the story of how this this society came to be is because there is no um, satisfactory ex- explanation. I mean, I've got my theory. My theory about this is that, okay, um, the like the, the delivery man. We'll come back to him later because he's probably one, his his story is probably the, um, the the most solid part of the of the series. But um, I figure that you know once he or someone else you know starts the revolution that basically overthrows the current regime which supports national like um, national welfare. That once once he's he does this and he gets and he he overcomes this, he's going to like you know either find someone who tells him this. Or he'll find a box with a message that tells him the exact same thing, basically saying that yeah, that the people who set up national welfare are saying yeah, we know this is a terrible system. We know it's it's um it's against human rights and human dignity dignity all dignity and all. But the reason we did it is basically to, to make make our nation stronger because we wanted to you know make forge a nation where people would fight to overthrow this unjust regime, and they would emerge as a stronger people. So all this this national welfare welfare bullshit is just it's just like the plot of it's just like some great um, uh, social engineering plot in order to like, make people stronger and all in the end. So that's that's the only reason I can think of for why this this whole situation makes makes any sense. Well, what if, what if it's the, a, a worse possibility and it really was just some treaty that uh, a foreign power imposed? I think that would be a less satisfying, less satisfying answer, but the money seems to be dishing out that that uh, okay, these people are uh, rising against a foreign power oppressor. Except the foreign power doesn't seem to be the the oppressor here. It seems to be their own their own people oppressing themselves. Okay, I can I can see what you're saying right there. Part of me think. Part of me thinks that you know it can't that uh, even if that that um, 
see, it can't be that – if that's the um, direction the author is going, it can't be that simple because, you know, there has to be a twist in here. That the author realizes that, you know, oh, it can't – I mean, even with all of the uh, stories that, um, that he's done so far, um, it's – there's always, like, you know, been some sort of, like, twist in them that, you know, that keeps them from, from thinking it's just, like, you know, just a straight-up simple, oh, he's going to die – um, he does something. The end. Like I think that there, you know, there has to be some sort of twist from what we're what we're seeing here. That's why. That's why I think what um, what I'm thinking. Um, why I think the problem is. I mean, why why I think my theory is is right is right in this case. Um, otherwise, um, what you're what you're saying, it would be it'd be interesting if they were um, if that was the case because that would. That would give um, Ikigami uh, a really um, nationalistic bent, which um, I'm not. I really don't think that I I could go for, be, mainly because the because uh, um, Japan's nationalism at this point it was not something that I that I think is really is really any good for anyone right now. Yeah, well, there's there's always been a, a theme of, of questioning whether they should overturn. Uh, certain parts of uh, the military restrictions and nuclear weapons restrictions. I mean, you've seen that in Pat Labor. Yeah. And this this kind of has a Jinro bend to it, except for it doesn't have the nicely decked out Panzer Corps that are so nice to look at. <laughs> Indeed. It, this is sort of uh, the the uh, we're go- we're going to enforce national. Uh, uh, Welfare. Well, I, I was going to say national pride, homogenization okay. through uh, having people be injected with pills with their uh, with their uh, their kindergarten shots, their immunizations, mm-hmm. rather than by <clears throat> stormtroopers that look kind of like wolves. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying right there. I mean, and yeah, on one hand, like it is, it is more subtle than that. Even though that there are lots of, um, there is a lot of unsubtle, glare, like glaringly unsubtle, like thought police stuff going on. In Except here. we never see them. Well, remember at the uh, I I, re- I reread the first volume earlier today, and uh, you know, you've got that one guy at the uh, at at our messen- at at um, Fujimoto, the messengers, uh, you know, first day on the job, and he's like, and this guy is like going. Starts going off during the the introductory meeting, saying, "Saying why? It's like this national welfare is a is a crime. How can we like you know agree to something like this?" And then he's then then the guys in this then the guys in the uh, biohazard suits show up and haul him back off. And you know, like that's like I said when I say glaringly unsubtle thought police stuff, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about right okay, there. Okay, point point taken. Point I, taken. I, I do think that um, Masa has kind of like dialed that stuff back a bit. You know, it's it was this is early on and haven't does hasn't done anything as crazy. I mean, you've the only like um, thing he's really done towards that is the uh, stuff with um, with um, the messenger um, and his and the people who are watching him in the later volumes and his encounter with the uh, psychologist who um, at first they you know who um, was. First, ought to be just you know evaluating him for um, for thought crimes, or uh, crimes against like th- that, well thinking against w- social welfare. But then we find out that oh you know hey she's actually um, one of the one of the dissidents, and then um, we sh- we find her she's been reeducated um, later on. So and the, and the main character tells on her, which is is a twist in and of itself because you they they keep going along and along and along about him. Slowly 
going off the rails, and then he tells on her. Yeah, and it's like it's. I mean, it, if Ikiyama has its strongest point is the um, is the messenger's um, like um, rationalizations of how he deals with his job, and um, fine, and him. It's him. It's he's basically like you know, for lack of a better term, for majority of the series so far, he's basically been like you know the the face of the banality of evil in this in this series. He is like he's he's doing his job to the best of his abilities, but at the same time, you know, he's got his he's got his doubts and um, all and everything up and and. and his 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 portrayal, you know, in contrast to a lot of the um, message of the week stories, is actually um pretty pretty nuanced in the sense that you know he doesn't you know suddenly wake up one day and realize oh no I'm going to go up against social welfare. It's like this is like a very gradual process that happens to him throughout the nine volumes that have been published so far to the point where you know he has his big he has his big epiphany in front of the internet cafe and you think you know okay this actually makes sense this I can believe what he's doing right now after everything I've seen seen of him up to this point. Even if you even if you don't necessarily buy the setup, which it would be nice if the author fleshed that out more. I, I do think that line of the story plot really needs to be developed. It'd be nice if he if he did somehow uh, something like they did in Uku where he took a, where the, the author took a couple volumes and fleshed out the backstory of how things came to be this way. Indeed, but at the same time, though, it's like, you know, flushing out the story of how like, how Japan came back from a plague that decimated um, its male population, that's, see, that that's a much more, um, like, for, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like, it's, uh, yes, it's, it requires, the, the, the fact that it happens requires a suspension of disbelief, but the, um, but the reconstruction from that point does not. It actually, like, it's actually pretty, pretty, it can actually be pretty sensible, and it's, and pretty and pretty logical, as Fumi Yoshinaga does. Problem is, I, 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 as I said before, I don't think we're going to see this with Ikigami because the setup is just so far out there that to try and dig into the actual reasons of why it happened um, will be it's like um, just it's not feasible. It would just it would just explain any attempt to explain this setup um, any further than, than we've already seen um, would probably like you know like break the series, for lack of a better term. That's what I think. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like even it's like I, I will say, you know, even though it's like, even like I'm really, I feel like I'm really very hard in this series. I mean, even there is, I will say that you know, even like it's message of the week stuff is kind of like entertaining to a certain extent, um, like and how earnest it is. I mean, yes, a lot of it is kind of like ridiculously melodramatic and over the top. But if you can buy into that stuff, then yeah, it's it's like I said, it's entertaining to a certain to a certain point. Plus, there are those times. When Amase does play with the um, with with the set with your expectations a bit, and particularly the point where where we get one kid who um, he's like he's, he's born into a family, he's part of a family who was big into social welfare, and they're talking about how the um, biggest honor they're always big on how the biggest honor you can receive is to get an ikigami. And like while he's oh this kid he's he's still in, is the final year of high school he's going to uh, it's like you know he's like he's just no, not going to go anywhere because he's not doing well on his tests. He's just kind of floundering in school, even though he's big into the whole social welfare thing. He gets his ikigami, and then everything just falls apart for him. It's it it it, it is terrible to watch for this for this guy. But at the same time, it's fun to see it. You know, in the sense how it plays with the uh, plays with your expectations. 
Well, and and the the, the interesting part is is in this part part of what gets him into trouble is somebody a bad mouths him, which you're supposedly not supposed to do to national heroes who die for the country by virtue of uh, this bill that they've been injected with. And he's and he threatens to tell on him, and he finds out his entire class is against him, so he's going to tell on all of them, and it ends up into this huge brawl, which he becomes involved in as much as anyone else, which makes him a criminal because he's assaulting people, and his own father has to take him down as part of... Uh, yeah, his father His father has to put the cuffs on him. Yeah, and, and by putting the cuffs, he, the father knows that he's going to um, be a shame not only to the local community, but because he works for the... This is one of the few times we actually get to see the National Welfare Police, the ones who would otherwise be in panzer uniforms, <laughs> but for some reason are not so uh, generously decked out. Um, this is one of the few times we actually get to see them other than the first volume, and he take, and he, he puts the cuffs on. And he, this means rejection from the very panzer corps that he's operating under to take his son down. Indeed. And we need more, like I said, we need more stories like this would be, would certainly be nice. Um, and we get something, something kind of like that. I mean, you were telling, you were telling before I got, got these volumes that the story about the pediatrician or like the nurse and the doctor who was injecting these kids with their immunizations. I mean, like right. that, yeah, like that's another story where it kind of like, you know, plays with your expectations a bit. The, the, he defends the national welfare by injecting himself in order to show all the kids that it's really safe. So he injects himself with, I don't remember how many different injections, but it was a lot. I, th- I think it's like three or four, three or four to the point where I think he's, he gets, I can't remember if it's like, he, his chance to be, to get one of these capsules becomes one in 133 or one, one, hundred, one in 125. Even though it's like the, it's kind of, it, the point is, like, you know, it's kind of deluded when you realize that, oh, okay, this guy's, like, probably pushing, like, um, pushing her past 50 as it is. So he'll have already lived a full life by the time he, he, uh, he, these castles kick in, if they ever do. It's not really the, uh, level playing field, then. Hmm. Yeah, but also, but his, but, but his actions do lead someplace else, right, Michael? Right. It, the, the parents end up, uh, asking him to become the face of you know, he he became he, he becomes a national welfare hero of sorts, and the parents ask him to become the face of the resistance, which is interesting. But because the the doctor himself had a bad feeling about doing the injections in the first place, because he injected a boy who actually did die, and he felt it was against his Hippocratic oath, but he was doing it anyways. And so he already had a sort of moral objection that was playing at his mind, and these parents were able to drag him the rest of the way after the nurse had this episode where she brought back the fact that the pediatrician had, in a a way, killed a boy by injecting him with the capsule earlier in his youth. If I remember correctly, she had some kind of... uh, she, she was like a premature birth, right? So. And would have would have otherwise been killed, 
And that was a, an issue for which she was very passionate about. And that kind of merged with, because she got the Ikigami, that merged with, that became a source of hate for her for the Ikigami because she equated it with the kind of abortions that she was seeing happening of other premature babies. Yeah, I mean, like her, like her reward for struggling as as a kid to survive was only to die to to, to die early. So, so yeah, it's like it's something like, like I said, the series. The series definitely has its definitely has its moments. It has its heart in the right place. I mean, if you take it as a kind of you know, oh, like like an underdog trying to overthrow the um, like the evil government or evil evil empire for um, such as it is, then yeah, it's like it, it kind of works. If you're trying to take it as as serious um, social commentary, then it's about as heavy-handed and believable as your um, average TV movie of the week, or at least as they used to have TV movies of the week back in the day, back back when I was growing up. God, I feel old. Okay. <laughs> Don't we all? Movie yeah. of the week? What's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that so so like I said, it's it, I mean, it's it's truly has issues, but it's but it but it is kind of inter- interesting in a. It's like it's like in a in a broad it's like in a broadly um it's like in, in a in a broad sense for lack of, for lack of a better better term I it's like it gave me stuff to talk about so I can so I can appreciate it uh, Michael um, any final thoughts on this I'd say that you'd want to read it for the main character the the episode of the week is probably the least important aspect of it there there are some stories that it took me a long time before I could read through them because. I didn't really like the particular plot of individual episodes, but the parts that followed what was going on with the society and what was going on with the main character, those are very interesting. Indeed. So, and so some of it was just like almost too ridiculous for you as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Cool. Okay, John, any, any thoughts on your end? Um, no, it's interesting, and um, I guess it's an interesting concept. Um, I guess... I'd have to just read it to figure out if I think that it's a viable one, though. <laughs> All right. Well, you can you can pick it up on it's like you can pick it up in print, and on it's like and Viz apparently has gone has gone completely digital as well. So you can pick it up so like you can get it on get it online from their from their site as well. The series is um nine it's nine volumes in print so far. Volume ten is out in Japan at the moment, and um, Amazon has it arriving at in um, August of next year. So this is another one of those um, annualized series, um, like that, that I talk about every so often. Like see, like like Oku Berserk, and see and the like. So, so overall, like that that's that's all we got here. And um, so Michael, like thank thanks for joining us this week. Thank you for inviting me. Um, my pleasure. And um, next time, we're going. We're still sticking with manga because we're because after um. Oh, four, four, like what? Four or five years now. Um, Takehiko Inoue's um, legendary basketball epic, Slam Dunk, Slam Dunk, finally um, reaches its conclusion. So I'll be t- be back to talk about that. All thirty, all thirty-one volumes of that, which I'm ex- expecting to equate to um, Japan's answer to Rocky. Like, <laughs> um, ne- next time. All right, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later. Bye. <laughs>